In the 1850s, Adam Ponderby encouraged his six younger brothers to kidnap women from the town nearest their remote farm for wives, with the knowledge that an avalanche would keep their victims stranded for months with no escape or rescue from the outside. Today on the podcast, the Ponderby brothers. They went down there and they carried them off. You can't do as good as a bunch of old Romans. Brothers of mine. Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. I'm Claire, and joining me, as always, are my fellow True True Crime aficionados. It's Brad and Tammy. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. We got some True True Crime this week. Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, it's going to be interesting as we talk about this case because this is one of those cases, and we've had this type of case before, where um, we see very clearly that a crime has been committed, and and obviously that's why we have um, we're talking about the case on this podcast. But sometimes the victims don't always see the crimes clearly, mm, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like this is one of those cases, kind of like uh, while you were sleeping case i think is very is, is similar Absolutely. in that way it has a lot of similarities to the while you were sleeping case i think i think yeah. you're right yeah. so this case is uh about the Ponape brothers so i only knew some of this case before watching the documentary so um it, it was interesting to dig into and i can't believe that this hasn't been covered in more places yeah it's very upsetting I knew this case very well because I, uh, for some reason, my mum and dad would uh, would make my sister and I watch this documentary over and over again uh, when we were children. Well, maybe you. they wanted you not to get <laughs> abducted. <laughs> like they're maybe. Like, hey. they're, they're trying to teach us life lessons of how to not get abducted and and confined, maybe. I mean, is yeah. the lesson don't be in your own home minding your own business while there's creeps <laughs> yeah. out about <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and we'll just start digging into this case. So this case actually takes place in the 1850s, so mm-hmm. old case. Yeah. Old, old, old time case. It was case. before Oregon was even a state. It was just a territory. Yep. Uh, so we have, we actually, I guess the main person in this case, the, the, although this is a family crime, but Mm -hmm. I would say that the lead person, the main person is the oldest brother, Adam Pontope. Yes. Yeah. Because he's the head of the um, family. He kind of, he he sort of of instigates everything that happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not to say that these other uh, brothers who are part of the Ponderby family are not to blame because they are all adults. No, no, no children in this in that um, family. So Adam and his brothers live basically out in the middle of the woods. They they live far further away from town. And in 1850 times, further away means a long ways away. <laughs> You it was like you don't 12 go there miles just... away, like 12 mile yeah. journey. And it was, if they wanted to get to town, they would have to go by horse and car, obviously. And it was through the mountains. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was just mentioned too in the mountains, like 
The mountains during the springtime and the summer were fine, but once you hit wintertime, then there is a concern of avalanches because the mountains are actually, uh, the valley of the mountains is right there where you would have to cross that mm-hmm. to get to town. So it could, yeah. could be a little dangerous. It was this like area that's like even, not so much now, but at the time particularly known for for you know the dangers of avalanches and they called it echo pass because there was the danger that if there was too much noise made then it would create a, an avalanche and i think they're even um at some point um adam pontipi like accidentally caused an avalanche by mm-hmm. you know i don't know doing something too loud with the horse and cart i don't know what it was but so that was like a real danger and it meant that if obviously there was an avalanche then they would be uh, living in this this house in the woods would be completely cut off from the rest of society which will come into play as we go into this story yeah so um we do have adam he as as the head of the house he is the one that goes into town when they need to have something from town uh so he is during springtime he goes into town and there is a mention of him like he doesn't usually come very often and even the time he was in town he wouldn't even come back for another five months so you know it it, it is very rare that they go into town and again they're primarily going during that spring summertime Mm -hmm. um so during the winter they're not going in at all so adam goes into town and adam has a lot of things he needs to pick up when he's in town yes he does uh but the most important thing he would like to get while he's in town is a wife because that's something in the 1850s that happened you just shop for wives i guess Uh, you buy um you buy molasses you buy uh some cotton uh you uh buy a woman uh you know yeah 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 we're not sure why it was at this point he he decided he wanted a wife yeah i I think that point i don't know yeah, I think it's just that he was getting older and, you know, he's got his brothers to look after. Um, and we'll talk about all that family in just a moment. But let's go ahead and, and say he's in town. He's there to get a wife. And um, he runs across Millie, who lives in town. Yes. Uh, she works at, like, the local I cabin. couldn't find anywhere... Yeah, and I couldn't find anywhere where she has a last name, but that makes sense because Millie actually lived on her own, um, except she lived for a while with the Elcott family, who was a preacher, his wife, and their daughter, Alice. So she was kind of taken in by that family at some point. So, you know, I don't know if we want to even say, I doubt that she took their last name because it seemed like she came to them when she was a little bit older, but um, that is who she considers her family. It's kind of sad that this woman, like Millie, like history has treated her where it's lost all record of her actual name, her actual surname, and she's just known because of this man that marries her under false pretenses. Yeah. That's kind of terrible. Yeah, so she meets, um, she meets Adam. Well, Well, he he, he he kind of, First of all, he kind of goes around town and, like, checks out every other woman in town and they're all taken for or take was spoken for and then he sees millie so even though he sort of would later say that he fell in love with her at first sight i mean he did look at a lot of other women first oh yeah he went around shopping around um yeah i, I love how it's like he, he just go around trying to find a woman but like there's no like there's no point where we're like um hey guy uh covered in fringe and grossness um mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> like uh, maybe you don't get to be too choosy 
Well, and th- so that's part of it too, right? Because mm-hmm. at this time in this Oregon territory, there were like, I don't know, two to one men to women. Yeah. So these these women actually theoretically had more more options mm-hmm. to choose yeah. from. Um, and so, and Millie did not seem to be interested in anyone in town. Um, and just knowing some of the people that lived in town, as we'll we'll kind of get to know some of them, I don't know if I'd be very interested in them either. But uh, I, I just feel like if it were me, I'm just someone who'd be like, I'm good alone. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she does meet Adam. And I almost wonder if it's just because Adam didn't live in town. She didn't know him that well. And he was so different than everyone else. And it seems like she kind of wanted a bit of an escape. From yeah. what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he is relatively clean, I guess, in this first... Is he? We'll, we'll, meet the, well, I'm saying in comparison to the brothers we meet later. I'm looking at his outfit and like, ah, yeah. it looks filthy. And maybe, and he's wearing an entire outfit made of fringe. Maybe she was seduced by the fringe. Who knows? Uh, really doesn't make the best decisions in this story either. No. Definitely no. not. Yeah, yeah. I got some things to say about Millie as well and I almost considered her um <laughs> not not as criminal as the Pontipi brothers but there are some questionable choices she makes for sure mm-hmm. um but she goes ahead and she meets Adam and they get married the same day uh she didn't want to at first but he let her know that he's not planning on being back in town for a while. So it's kind of an hour and hour situation. It's it's really a, a strong salesman pitch. Now, when it's you say the same day, um, <laughs> do you mean the same hour? Because it certainly yeah. seems yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. the same. He goes and has a shave. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then it's wedding time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real it's real crazy, guys. Uh, it was it was a different time, the eighteen fifties. <laughs> um, also, I, I got a lot of questions about like I mean I don't know how the eighteen fifties worked as far as uh, um, this whole shaving scenario where you go and you uh, you pay a person to like let you come and take a shave. Like it's not a situation where he goes to a barber and gets his no, beard shaved. No, he does it himself. He, yeah, yeah. He, he, it's like a do-it-yourself joint. <laughs> Why um, didn't he do it at home before heading out? I don't yeah. understand. Does he just not have a razor? Like, I mean, or what are you like? Are you using a communal razor? What? They happening? probably are using. Well, they're not using a communal razor because, as we see later, they're they've all got very heavy beards. So maybe they had one razor and it got very blunt and they couldn't use it anymore. I mean, so are you just going to town? Just the idea, like. Uh... I mean, if you're just paying for a mirror and a, and a washing basin, um, that's I I I'd find that very very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh... I don't like I don't like the idea of, of communal razor. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. And Millie is like so happy to be marrying Adam because she's leaving her life in the town behind. She's gonna live in this beautiful cabin in the in the mountains and she's not gonna have to like cook and clean for all these men in the tavern Ooh, anymore she's just gonna be looking after this one guy her husband adam and she do goes and picks like some some herbs to make their dinner that evening do you do you think it's also a situation wherein 
because women were basically property and uh, to you know to be married off was like it was just this sort of uh, um, transactional deal that maybe yeah. she's like all right mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna marry anyone in this town because I don't want to be like involved in all like this like yeah. horse trading well, and we bullshit. Know- yeah, and all the guys in town were very gross with her as well, so it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to marry any of those people in town. I mean, it's because I mean, it's you, like... You don't want to marry Adam either, but, no. you know, but it's here like, we are. <laughs> if you're in the town, it's like, oh, okay, I'm marrying you because it's a deal with, with like, uh, uh, this, like, a uh, minister guy, um, the pastor, and then he's making a deal with somebody, so I'm going to be marrying him so that he gets yeah. uh, five chickens, mm. and, uh, like, it's just like... I, can I get off the ledger, please? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, And just kind of, I just briefly looked up what shaving in the 1800s was like. So in the 1800s, um, we had straight razors were popular. And you had to, that was, you know, where you were still rubbing the blade against a leather or canvas strap. All that kind of stuff. Um, And they had to be honed regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would go to a barber typically to be shaved. And then uh, 1895 was when King Gillette invented the disposable razor. Ooh. So so this was right before the disposable razor, but people were shaving often enough, and yeah. I guess going to a barber, but n- I couldn't see find anything where the barber was not actually shaving you yeah, that's so, that's what's blowing my mind so, it's the, yeah yeah so i just wanted to see if there was anything historically like that but i could i couldn't find anything other than you know yeah you'd go to a barber but i couldn't find anything that said the barber was not the one to shave you <laughs> so um yeah i i'm not sure i i think there's a lot of reasons behind why millie married adam we also find out uh because they have to take the horse carriage ride back and during that ride back you know we learn a a little bit more about millie as far as what her hopes and dreams were and she wanted to be married and she wanted to find love Mm and um and she didn't really have that before yeah she was able to be raised in this reverence household but that wasn't her family and so she kind of wanted that family for herself um she was also very looking forward to and this is part of the whole false pretenses situation that she found herself in is she was really much looking forward to only having to cook for one person instead of as she worked in the tavern cooking for Mm -hmm. all these guys who constantly were gross and hitting on her and it was just nasty so she was really excited about the thought of just having to cook for one person so adam is quiet this whole time yeah yeah adam says nothing (laughs) um yeah and so she goes to adam's uh cabin uh where she is i would say accosted by (laughs) absolutely uh by adam's six brothers and yes. uh, Claire, I know you know all the names off the top of I your head. I do know all the names. So they, the brothers were all named after, they all have biblical names, and they're named alphabetically. So Adam is the oldest A, and then they go, so it's Adam and Benjamin, Caleb, Daniel, Ethan, Frank, and Gideon. Frank yeah. being short for frankincense, because there's apparently no names in the Bible that begin with an F apart from frankincense. Which isn't true, by the way. I looked that uh, up. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure there's oh. names that begin with F in the Bible. Felix. Maybe they're just going oh, by, Felix like, wouldn't Old have been Testament. Bad. 
Yeah, maybe they're just doing Old Testament. But then they can't be doing Old Testament because no. frankincense is New Testament. I, d- I don't know. Felix, yeah. Festus, uh, for- Ooh, Fortunus. Festus, I like it. Festus. <laughs> maybe when this baby was born, Mar Pontipi was like, Isn't, I don't like this baby. I'm going to give it a silly name even yeah. though there's, there's other names. But we also know that when um, there was discussion about naming the next Pontipi um, that happened sort of later in this in this story, there were some terrible names suggested then as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she... Uh, Millie gets to meet all the brothers. Um, they are a rough crew. Well, also, and if she was imagining this beautiful little cabin in the woods, little yeah. honeymoon cabin... <laughs> um, you know, like lovely and clean and romantic. What what did she what did she get, Brad? Oh God! Uh, this place is a nightmare factory. Like this this place. If this documentary is to be believed, which I think it mm-hmm. was um, quite well researched, so I think this is accurate. Um, this looks like something out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and all of these brothers uh, could definitely fit in with that family. Yes, it is yeah. a rough, I- gross crew. I actually got flashbacks to the case that we covered, the Overboard case. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yes. Where she comes home and it's just a disgusting mess of a place. A lot of similarities with that case as well, actually. Yeah. Mm. It's like chickens running around inside the house. Chickens? Mm. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, just, yeah, this place yeah, is it's disgusting. Just gross. And not yeah. only is she having to meet all these people which she's even like good luck in me remembering any of your names because because yeah. <laughs> there's so many and um but also she now sees she's gonna have to clean up and immediately adam tells her she needs to cook dinner yeah the so, seven people yeah so she, but yeah. maybe don't marry someone you meet with you know an hour ago yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's not it's, it's I know not... there were less options back then for women, but I'm still like, mm. yeah, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to say that she deserves any of this, but I am saying that sometimes you have to look at some choices that you make no. and say, can I make better choices? Maybe yeah. next time. <laughs> like maybe, maybe when he asks you to marry him, maybe before you you actually get married, say to the parson, hey hey, kind of surrogate dad, what do you know about this guy, Adam Pontby? And you'll go, oh, the one with six brothers that all live with him? And she'll go, okay, well, I'm not marrying him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like other townspeople know them enough that I don't know why she doesn't know this. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like, I I know Adam's the one that comes in, but still. How much, like, the brothers come to town, but everyone seems to know that there's, they call them the Pontby brothers, you know, they're... And I think the I think they probably have to come down pretty regularly because the amount of flour they're going through um, on a <laughs> daily basis, like there's just no for seven people. And no, there's it's I, there's no when he when he was buying supplies, I didn't see three carts full of flour. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> sorry, I just thought of something because so my husband makes a lot of. Well, pretty much everything he makes is, is home-cooked stuff. We eat a lot at home. And uh, he makes homemade pastas. He makes homemade bread. He makes homemade dough for pizza. Like, he's really into it. Like, really into everything from scratch. And so it's just three of us in this house. And it's not like we eat pasta or carbs every night. But he goes to Costco 
and buys in bulk flour mm-hmm. because we go through enough of it that it makes sense to buy that much flour. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't imagine that this group of seven, although I don't know how much these guys cook. So like, I can see them just like cutting up a cow and eating meat and that's it. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're- They're living a real Jordan Peterson lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> Except the whole cleaning um, of the house and making your bed part. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the thing. It's like, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I get what you're saying for sure. And the town does seem to know them enough. Mm. Yeah, I don't know where Millie is. Like, does she just only stay in the tavern and never leave? Yeah. All I know is when Millie starts cooking, we see that they're eating uh, biscuits and pancakes three meals a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we will talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that meal. Yeah. Um, so she makes food and kind of cleans up as much as she can. I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And when she makes food, she then goes to call the men, the brothers in for dinner. And before, while she's ringing the bell, they're all running in and like running on the table and stepping in the food and just eating with their hands. It's like that scene in a Christmas story when the dogs are eating the turkey. Um, except (laughs) these are just like ginger lunatics. (laughs) <laughs> the giant ginger men yeah, yeah a bunch of giant gin- yeah big ginger family um yeah and she is so irritated i think this is when she overthrows the table right she does she she basically was so you know said to them you know if you're gonna eat like animals which they were then you know then eat like animals and like turn overturns the uh the table so they can all eat off the yeah. floor yeah, I will say if anyone was going to join this family, uh, Millie was a good fit because she, she's definitely someone probably with just the life she had led and kind of being on her own a little bit more, being a little bit more independent. She um, She's able to handle a lot and kind of not just take it, but give it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, she overthrows the table and she wants nothing to do with Adam on their, uh, quote unquote wedding night, really. Um, but he manipulates her and makes her feel like shit and gaslights her and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, until she gives in. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Um, and really he plays on the fact that after that carriage ride over where he told her nothing she shared with him like how much she wants this love and marriage and all this stuff like that's what she's always wanted i don't understand that but okay uh, apparently a lot of women do i don't get it uh so the <laughs> next morning um millie is actually trying to teach the brothers manners which hats off to her for attempting yeah well she they basically uh she cooks like this amazing breakfast and um and then tells them that they can't have any until they kind of sort themselves out until they sh- they have to shave and she's also snuck into the room at night and taken their outdoor clothes um and washed them and they have so they have two pairs of clothes apparently their outdoor clothes and their indoor clothes which is their underwear and she demands that they take their underwear off as well so she can wash that before they have breakfast and i was very disturbed that one of the brothers didn't seem to know how to take off his underwear he didn't seem to know how to work buttons which tells me that they probably have not taken off this underwear in a long time um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And we also see that the six brothers, so all the brothers apart from Adam, all share um, a bedroom. 
Um, not a bed, thankfully. And Adam has, we, we're guessing, like, moved into the parents' room after the parents passed away as kind of the head of the family. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah she's just, just demanding that they bathe. They, d- they yeah. bathe and wear clean clothes for once in their goddamn life. Yeah. Yeah. And shave their beards off. Yep. And and she kind of monitors them, too, when they're eating breakfast to make sure they're not savages like they were the night before. Um, and we learn in her conversations with the brothers that they are not acquainted with women. No. We also know from the brothers themselves that they might be acquainted with farm animals. Yeah. Yes, we learn later that, I mean, like some of these, I maybe it's the actors they got for the documentary. Some of these brothers seem pretty old. <laughs> and you know they haven't had any experience with women um there's only a couple of other options you know to to have any experience on this farm and they even suggest that there has been some experience with animals yeah this is yeah this is a family of monsters it's why there are they're gonna be on trial in a little bit um so they they really don't have experience with women. They really haven't communicated with them. And uh, so Millie thinks it would be a great idea if they all kind of learn some manners, take this month to themselves, a little uh, self-care, self-reflection time, and uh, learn some manners and clean up, and then go to the barn raising that will be in town in a month. Yeah. I mean, kind of show how, how much they've grown, I guess. I think, I think that clearly you can see that like the idea is, Hey, I gotta, I gotta um, find these, I gotta get these creeps civilized so I can get them married off and out of this fucking house. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I get it. She just wants this house to, you know, for her and Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This house is is way too small for for that, for the amount of people living in it currently. It's not okay. But even more so, the amount of people living in it later. Yeah. God. Um, So, yeah, so they they try and get themselves together as much as possible. They do go to this barn, the dance and the barn raising. And they, uh, the six brothers... They also go, they also did a little trip to town before that, and, um... Oh, yeah, they, they and, did. Like did a trial run. Well, like a trial yeah. run, and it didn't go well, because they did basically start a fight, and, um, you know, and, and so that's kind of, that was their trial run, and it didn't go well, unfortunately. Um, no, no, it was not, they were not, none of the women of the town were impressed, the men were even less so, and very angry with them, so, um, I'm sure they were not happy to see them when these guys showed up at the barn raising. Um, but, six women did find these six brothers cleaned up and attractive. Like, and this is where I'm like, Millie, you need to be telling these women what the real deal is. (laughs) that you've been having to work on them for a month but she just let it go she let them play it out and uh one of them was her kind of almost adopted sister Alice as well yeah Yeah. so it was uh Dorcas Ruth Martha Liza Sarah and Alice yeah Mm -hmm. so they all uh were there and met the brothers and had a great time at the dance before the barn raising the barn raising occurred and 
shockingly, the other men in town, again, there were a lot more men than women in this town, so it's very hard for them to even get these women's attention, were not happy the brothers showed up and kind of made life a little more difficult for them. And mm-hmm. so fights broke out, the barn came down, it was it was really a mess for the, the whole town. Yeah. And, yeah, and they kind of like, you know, yeah, Millie's, Millie's plan was... A failure, unfortunately. Well, yeah, and not not because of her, but yes. not because of her. No, no, no. But um, it, and they did not. The brothers did not in, like start the fight. No, but they finished the fight. Yeah, yeah. They're they're rough guys. I wouldn't fight with these guys. No. They're no, they're, no, rough. no. Um, they're all like apart from like the youngest brother. They're all like super tall as well. <laughs> they they all seem like quite tall and yeah, burly ish. And then the younger brother was kind of quite small. Yeah, well, because he was he, practically a kid. Um, so, yeah, so they have that, and then, uh, that was, I would think that must have been summertime, because it was right before winter, and, you know, or, or maybe it was the fall, I don't know, um, what time of year that dance was, um, The winter as well is really long, like, in this area, because we know that winter sort of went on till almost May. Yeah. In terms of when the snow was. So, because they were very high up in the mountains. So, this could have been later in the year because they're not in the mountains. They're further down. So, there would have been less yeah. snow anyway. Yep. So, during the winter time, um, you know, the brothers have not gone back to town. And uh, during the winter time, they are just real still sad because they didn't meet girls. I mean, and just to bring think, them like, home? Their, their brother, like, decided he wanted to get married and got that accomplished in about an hour. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, spent, they put some real time in meeting these ladies. Well, yeah, and Adam, again, like, you know, being the, the head of the house there and being in charge of these brothers, he doesn't help because, like, yeah, he was able to win Millie over real quick, but Millie was waiting to leave. Yeah. These other women have families and, and you know, their friends there in town. They're not looking to leave town. So they, they had a little bit more of an uphill battle. And Adam just keeps calling his brother's names for not being a brute with these women. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So he sees his brothers are sad. And so Adam's like, look, I was able to get Millie. So let's go get these girls. And if you if they don't like it, oh, well. In fact, he his idea, a real uh, men's right activist, incel type uh, situation here, his whole thought process is even if the women say no, they really mean yes. Yeah. Deep yeah. down. Yeah, yeah which yeah. Is, is not cool. No. <laughs> no, not cool at all. Yeah. That is- yeah. <laughs> yeah, he basically says like, you know, even if they're protesting and they seem angry, they're actually really overjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they go and they take the women right out of their homes. Some of them, they get them to go outside and that's how they grab them. Some of them, like, literally pull these women out their bedroom windows. And also, like, Ad, we should say this plan, Adam blames on Millie because he Millie got Adam reading and he read... Um, he was inspired by one of her books um, that he read, Plutarch's um, the, the Sabine Women. And he read that, and this that is what inspired him to do this plan and to get the other brothers involved. Uh, yeah, anything to, to blame women. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just so we know, the story of this 
what is a Sabine women? Yeah. It's yes. also called the rape of the Sabine women, also mm-hmm. known as the abduction of the Sabine women or the kidnapping of the Sabine women. So yeah. I don't think Millie was telling him to read this as a here's as a, a plan. As a how-to manual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Romans, uh, um, yeah, abduction and rape of Sabine women. It's not like a feel-good story. No. Nope. No. Um, but that is not how Adam took it at all. <laughs> Adam took it as a very feel-good story and a great idea. Um, it was it was rough watching this part of the documentary where these women were being just abducted out of their homes. Well, and the wild thing is, like, these women were ostensibly uh, interested in these men. Um, and it's not like they even give them a chance to say, hey, uh, we want to, we want you to come back with us. It's, they grab them, throw a blanket over their head, and then take off. Like, not even, yeah. a, not even a moment. And their plan, their original plan was also to kidnap the pastor, uh, or the parson, and take him up to the cabin, so the, and then forcibly marry the women. So they would then have to stay because they are then married to these men. Yeah, that's, it's insane. Um, so obviously the men in the town, most of them like their fathers and that kind of thing, uh, are gathering everyone they can to go after the Pontipi brothers because they know they're the ones who took them. Um, and so as they're following them, the Pontipi brothers pass through that Echo Valley area mm-hmm. and they have to keep the women ultra quiet so they don't have an avalanche. Um, but once they're past, they go ahead and make all this noise, shoot up into the sky, all this stuff. So that way there is an avalanche that cuts off these women from their family. And that is like, they're already going to have, this is already traumatic for them being mm-hmm. kidnapped. Yeah. But then to watch this avalanche occur that they don't know if their family members are still yeah. in the avalanche or they're behind it or what. They they just know that there's an avalanche. And so to some of these girls, they might think like, great, I am kidnapped and my family is dead. Yeah. 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 It's really horrific stuff. So, I mean, if you guys want to watch this documentary, like, just know going in, you've got to have the stomach for it because it's pretty harsh. Um, so they, they kidnap the women. They bring them home. Uh, Millie, rightly so, is pretty upset. Yeah. And so she brings the women into the house and she kicks all the brothers, including Adam, out of the house. Yeah, and says um, that they... You know, they're not to set foot in the house while the women are there, which is probably going to be about six months because of yeah. the the avalanche. Yep. And she said she even tells them that they can they can eat and sleep with the rest of the livestock in the barn, which honestly is kind of pretty much how they were living before she got there. So I don't think it's a huge challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They couldn't go to their tiny beds, Brad. <laughs> mm. They're tiny, like filthy beds. Straw is probably cleaner and better. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Wow, what a thing to to realize. (laughs) Yeah, at least the straw is changed regularly. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, So Adam decides he's not taking this from from Millie or anybody else, so he's going to go live in the trapper's cabin that they have, even further up into the mountains. Um, Why was no one living there already? I have no clue. Like, Maybe because it's um, they said like it's super 
isolated and if anyone they'd have to have like a couple of them live there because if someone gets injured then they'd need someone to go for help and then apparently like the wolves are really bad up there but there's seven of them <laughs> like i know just, i mean the they space. could yeah yeah exactly yeah get yeah. them out of this house yeah i would definitely think like i would if it were me i'd be like me and my closest brother i'd be like hey <laughs> let's go yeah. live in that cabin yeah, together. send the twins up there the twins are really close i mean you think yeah. Ad- adam would just be like hey this is my honeymoon cottage for a couple of weeks like yeah yeah i wonder if like m- this was the first millie heard about them owning another property and was yeah. like uh, excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i mean would we be shocked no nope <laughs> Um, Gideon is actually really concerned since Adam's going to be staying up there uh, alone. And he actually tries to get Millie to talk to Adam and to make him stay. And she's like, nope, (laughs) no, thank you. Um, and so they, they all go their separate ways. The women end up, uh, living with Millie in that house. And Millie shares with them that she's actually happy that they're there because they can help her through her pregnancy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so then... So she slept with Adam, which is... (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's not focus on that, but yes. Yes. Um... Well, they have been married for for many months at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in their time, it's probably like, they might as well be married for 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. Is it kind of like like dog years? Like their their courtship, which was a couple hours, really like normally a year for people. I mean, we've we've all played the historically accurate game, the Oregon Trail, like... (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I've also listened to the... I've never played the Oregon Trail, but I've listened to the musical that was... That oh. <laughs> was inspired by the Oregon Trail. That's called Trail to Oregon. <laughs> I have not listened to that. No, I've not either. It's a delight. I, I love but it. But I did there's play. A song, his... There's a song all about dysentery. Yeah, a lot of dysentery, well, lots there's... of uh, losing uh, um, axle tongues, and uh, yep, yeah, fording rivers. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say people drowning in rivers. Yeah, <laughs> just mm-hmm. being swept away. <laughs> Your son was swept away in a river. Oh no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Oregon, rough time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we, so we have all these women living there, um, and obviously, like, especially right off the bat, scared of these men, they're, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with them. Little by little, they kind of get some anger in there, they, they throw snowballs at them that are filled with rocks. They go great. through, like, the stages of grief. Yeah. They really yeah. do, because they... They go through, you know, anger, and they go, yeah, you know, go through everything, and then we'll see that they finally get to acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think we talk a lot on this podcast, or not that I can think off the top of my head, that uh, of Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, where for those that are we, not aware, we spoke aware. a bit about it before when we did the um, the overboard case. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. You know, Overboard was a little different because she did have memory loss and there were things yes. you know, she was dealing with outside of it. And I think that's why we couldn't pinpoint that that's exactly what it was. Whereas these women, you know, they, they were taken. This was a, a straight up hostage situation and they were kidnapped. And they do grow affections and trust for her, their kidnapper, mm-hmm. kidnappers. Which is also interesting as well, because they're not really able to spend any time with these men during these months to 
to grow affection for them because the men aren't allowed in the house. So it would just be yeah. them observing them from a distance, you know? Yeah. It's not like they're having deep conversations with them and really getting to know them I, to develop you know this what? affection. With those brothers, I think that's probably for the best. Like, yeah. I think if, yeah. Millie, if Millie had actually let these guys hang out with these women a little more, they would have come to their own conclusion that they didn't want to be there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like uh, Millie's low-key, like, uh, helping the situation. Yeah. Well, because we also know, like, before they went and kidnapped the women, I think it was Benjamin, maybe, and Claire, you'll you'll correct me, I'm sure, if mm-hmm. it's not. But I, wasn't it Benjamin who was ready to run away? Cause yeah, he didn't Benjamin wanted to run away because he basically had had... Well, it wasn't even just Benjamin, like a few of the others were saying about it as well. But Benjamin was, like, ready to leave. Um, because, yeah. you know, he felt fed up. He was the second oldest. He felt fed up that he was stuck on the farm he'd kind of had enough of it and adam's got a wife so benjamin's probably feeling like well i want a wife you know and i want what seemingly uh seemingly they got tired of fucking sheep and uh (laughs) when they realized there were other options out there that didn't require sheep fucking i mean brad uh, a man can't sleep when he sleeps with sheep okay oh boy oh god yeah, so uh, the, that, that wise old saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the wise old saying my grandma told me. So, uh, yeah, and so and Millie that whole time, she was actually more upset over Benjamin leaving or the idea of Benjamin leaving than Adam was because for her, she wanted these brothers to go off, get married, have kids, and I, Millie had this idea in her head of what family looks like. Mm-hmm. And she was, she really was ready to create that in whatever way she could get it. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that Millie was low key kind of setting these women up. Do you think oh, yeah. Millie planned this all along? I, because I, no, I she, don't, no. she <laughs> gave this book to Adam. Do yeah. You think I, <laughs> I mean, it, like, oh, here's, I'm just going to leave my bookmark right here. And, yeah. Uh, and she actually relabeled it plan plan A. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just yeah. think I think it's curious that uh, Adam, who's who's seemingly I, this seems to be the first time he's ever read a book, um, all of a sudden yeah. jumping into Plutarch and getting some ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that this was Millie's plan. I think Millie's plan was to get these brothers married off to these women, yeah. for sure. Well, but I think I d- also, uh, of the time and place, uh, the idea that, like, you're basically building a city now. Like, you you got seven new families here. Um yeah, yeah, you can, you can, this is just, you own all this property and land, and, uh, yeah, you formed a city. Yeah, pun, pun, <laughs> she's thinking, <laughs> yeah, she's thinking long-term of all the properties she can own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's a real mogul, <laughs> a real estate mogul. <laughs> she's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, yeah, I think that, Yes, I think she wanted the brothers to get married. And I think what she does is she is someone who her whole life, and including up until this time, has looked at situations, accepted them for what they are, and then tried to take... I don't want to say take advantage in a bad way, but try and make the situation work for her. Yeah, make the best out of it. And I think that, which is not necessarily a bad thing when it's just you involved, but in this case, she involves six other women who I feel were a lot younger than her. Mm -hmm. And I think she manipulated them in some ways. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
because like you said it's like a, there there is a, a side to that that I think if she let the guys handle it she knew that they would never get married mm-hmm. and keeping them apart was actually for the best also like the, you know they sort of you know in the documentary they make out that the brothers have like genuine feelings for these women and so they're kind of entitled to them but like the, all these women were engaged to other men when they were kidnapped so they those men might have been just as in love with these women those women might have been in love with those men yeah. I mean, not anymore, but yeah. Nope. nope. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they go ahead and these women do start following in love with these men and their families, I guess not spring hasn't came, but winter has died down enough where the Echo Valley is now open so the families can come through. And so the fathers come after them. And at that point, the brothers are also seeing that the pass is open and they're actually going to return the women to their families. Well, they only want to return the women to the families because um, after Millie had her baby, um, Gideon went to tell Adam, um, who was pretty dismissive of the fact that he was now a father, but he obviously thought about it and he then returned to see the baby. And by that point, the men, the other brothers were living in the house. You know, they were kind of all coupled up with these women. Um, and Adam came to see the, the daughter and uh, his daughter. And I think by seeing he had a daughter, he kind of realized what, you know, like if that was his daughter that was kidnapped, then what would he do to the man who kidnapped her? And then basically said to the other brothers, we should return these women because the only way, if you love them this much, the only way you'll ever get to be with them is by returning them. Well, and yeah, and the whole idea like, okay, so what's going to happen is we're going to, what, go fight their families for them? Yeah, like these their brothers women and never... fathers and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the brothers at first are hesitant, but they agree. So they're saying that they're going to return the women. But by this point, the women don't want to go back. They want to stay with these men. Yeah. And, um, but the fathers show up at the inopportune time of these men looking like they're about to rape these women. Uh, and really they're just trying to pick them up to take them back to their families. Really a comedy of errors if, uh, Oof. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, it's not yeah. comedic rape. Yeah. 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 Much like also, magical rape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or whimsical. And whimsical, during, yeah. during the, um, the kind of kerfuffle, um, the uh, Alice's father, which was the Parson Elcott, because uh, he had gone with them because obviously he's Alice's father, and he had heard um, this baby crying, the you know Millie and Adam's baby, um, and was obviously worried because if one of the girls had had a baby, then they would you know they would have to marry whichever um, man it was because that's what you have to do. Do you know what I mean? Even if they had been raped and had a baby, they would have to marry the father. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously they had to try and find out who was the mother of this baby. And I think the women all saw this as uh, a way of of getting what they wanted. So they all claimed to be the mother of this baby. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bet they were all like, ah, okay. Um... So and because I don't of know, this, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say I don't know how long this winter lasted, but would it have been enough time to be raped and have a baby? Like, I don't know. I, mean, I just feel I like if they had a doctor Millie... with them, maybe the doctor would have said like, "Oh, I 
don't know if any of these, if that baby belongs to any of these girls. Yeah, yeah exactly. I feel like Millie must have, because she found out she was pregnant um, when the girls yeah. were there. So let's say three months. Yeah. You know, like that's probably the latest it could have been. Then they were there for six months. So no, I don't think they could have. Maybe the yeah. doctor in town can't can't count. Well, so I, crazy. you know, I feel like one thing we've definitely learned, um, like men in the mid 1800s don't seem to know a lot about women, nor do they care. No, no. no. Uh, yeah, but exactly. yeah, so so again, this is one of those cases where the ending is everyone lives happily ever after? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> as far as we know, they all lived in this one house still. Oh, God, that's terrible. Already. And that's now a household of 15 people. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, because as we said, Millie and Adam did have a, a daughter who they named Hannah. Um, and apparently the they other, did. Um, uh, the possible options? other names were Hepzibah or Hay- Hagar, I think it was. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah, definitely the best out of that bunch of names. Yeah, it's a, uh, it was the time with these Ponape brothers, I'll tell you that much. This <laughs> a wild ride. So, so if um, you're ever in Oregon and you meet a red-headed giant, it might just be a descendant of the Ponape brothers. Oh, God, that's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think yeah, about no. that. I mean, odds are most of them died by uh, dysentery or snake bites <laughs> or uh, um, drowning in a river. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, basically so, yeah. all options in 1850 in Oregon were just bad options. Oh, absolutely. Just really not. <laughs> I wonder if they went back to town and built that guy's barn for him. No. I don't, no. I don't think they were invited. No. Yeah. I mean, you pointed out during the documentary, Brad, like, they seem to be very good at barn building. Why haven't they built extra houses for yeah. each of them rather than living under one roof? I, I yeah. mean, I, I think that's, I think they pro- probably, there was probably necessity pretty soon after this. Yeah. Yeah. With all those people. Oh. Um, all right. So that was the case of the Ponape brothers. Um, like. Like I mentioned, I, there's there was so little. We actually were able to get a lot out of the documentary because there's not as much information as you would think. But it was 1850, so just not a lot of, of written documentation at that point in time, um, including a, a kind of like, where are they now? I mean, they're dead by now, but do they have family members in Oregon? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These, you know, so, um, and the documentary we watched is called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yes. So, um, that is out there in the world that you can see. And again, if you have the stomach for it, go ahead and watch it. But it's, it can, it can be rough at parts. So Definitely. just, Definitely. just be mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else about this case before we get to our, our next segment? I don't think so, no. All right. Well, Brad, would you like to introduce this then? Friends, it is time for Judge, Judge Jury and Executioner. Now, Brad, could, would you be able to clarify what this means? Because w- I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Oh, Claire, I would be glad. Why is to it clarify. always Claire? I don't understand. Listen, uh, 
I, we, we, we do what we have to. Um, Claire's very forgetful. Um, now, am, in, yeah, in this yeah. segment, we will have uh, we will have a judge. Yes. Will we have a jury or an executioner? Absolutely not. For one, uh, we won't have a jury because we don't want riffraff on our podcast. Can't have it. Nope. Listen, if we start bringing in like 12 randos uh, to make decisions, that's terrible. Um, Listen, I don't have 12 other people that I trust in my life. So uh, it's just going to be us. Yeah. Deal with it. We're not going to have an executioner uh, because the death penalty is morally wrong, except for police officers. Um, and we just... I, and, and Scrooge McDuck. And Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, well, and the rich. Yeah, that, uh, same thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, not gonna have a, we're not going to have an executioner. It's wrong, um, except in those clearly defined cases when they are either um, uh, grossly wealthy or uh, police officers. Um, not going to have it. <laughs> not going to have it. Please stop asking. Uh, we will have a judge, uh, we will have a prosecution, we will have a defense as we take this to trial. Absolutely. I hope, I hope that clarified it for you, Claire. It, it clarified it for me, thank you. Mm. <laughs> I think uh, I've got it. I don't think I'll need to ask again next week, huh? but we'll see. Huh? You only record once a month, so... That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you don't, you know, spy. I might just uh, ask every week. You just can ask every week, but I'm only going to tell you once a month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. And um, this week on Judge, Judge Jury, Jury and Executioner, uh, Brad, you will be defending <laughs> the Pondaby Brothers. <laughs> Claire, you will be prosecuting them, and I get to be the judge. And I already have my prejudgments about these Pondaby Brothers, but I'm open to hearing what you two have to offer. Uh, so this will be the case of the podcast versus the Pontypee Brothers. Claire, as prosecution, go ahead and go. Let thank me know. you, Judge Tammy. And might I say, you look lovely today. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I just thought I'd say that. So um, I want to bring two charges against the Pontypee Brothers. Um, I want to charge them. So I want to charge them with for- forceful abduction and confinement as a first charge. And as a second charge, I'd like to charge them with being gross monsters um, because people can't live like this. It's 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 gross. Um, so they are they are gross by their actions and by their living situation and their appearance. Um, with forceful abduction and confinement, they did um, forcefully abduct these women um, against their will. We saw that these women did um, did put up a fight and argue and didn't want to be taken. They then confined them uh, in this this residence uh, and kept them there because they caused an avalanche so these women could not escape if they tried to escape um, they would have been uh, at risk of of death because of the harsh conditions um, they also you know gave them a lot of uh, emotional um, uh, emotional abuse by making them think that their their family may have passed away uh, so those are the charges I'm going to bring up against the Pontypee brothers okay uh, Brad, um, I just, what say you? I, I just want to make a statement before I begin. Um, I, I obviously oh, will not yeah, be recusing yeah. myself um, from this case, um, but I do need to make a statement to the court that Ooh. I have um, stolen a lumberjack's would-be fiancé. Um, so, wow. just going to say that for the record, but it's not going to affect my defense of, of these lumberjacks. Um, but... Uh, 
Do you think that that gives you more of an insight into I, I, uh, how to defend them? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, sure, sure. I just. Brad, are you a, are you a descendant of the Pontipes? Like a secret descendant? Definitely not. Definitely not. Was this lumberjack that you stole his fiancee? Was he possibly? Yeah, he might have been a Pontipe. Uh, a Pontipe. I mean, I, he was ginger, so I. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Okay. You know. <laughs> Listen, listen, I, it's not, I, listen, I am a professional, um, I will not be recusing myself, but I just want it, I want it stated for the court in case there happens to be an appeal at some point, um, <laughs> but I'm sure I can do my job, and I shall do my job, because these charges are outrageous, uh, and, uh, uh- I, I will say, um, you know, we're obviously, this case is not about you. Thank you for sharing that, this information, because this, this definitely mm-hmm. may, you know, in, in case, Claire, if you have any objections to this, I don't have any objections to, to Brad I don't continuing. have any objections, because okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, Perfect. I, I, yeah, uh, because, but if you, if anyone would like to hear um, how, how Brad... <laughs> stole a lumberjack's fiance you would have to listen to ram jack and uh i i'm not even going to tell you the episodes you would have to just have listened to ram jack oh. <laughs> it's all it's all there it's all it's all there all, it's laid all out. there it's all there <laughs> just go through the episodes one at a time and eventually you'll find the one that oh. features that story oh. yep it was 300 was it 300 oh, it, it was one of the hundreds oh. it was yeah it was either two or 300 yeah <laughs> That's also why I couldn't say which episode it is, because I don't remember. (laughs) It's out there. Um, But yes, these charges are wildly ridiculous. Uh, First of all, let me start with the second charge first. These are gross monsters that they're disgusting. Um, It's the 1850s. Everyone is a filthy, disgusting monster. It's just a fact. Uh, People were dying of snake bites and dysentery left and right. It was a filthy time. Filthy people. Everyone was repulsive. Uh, If if we're going to start charging people for being gross monsters in the 1850s, um, well, let me tell you, uh, uh, the Oklahoma Trail, uh, Oklahoma Territory is going to be the last place we we can start. Uh, It is a time of filthy, repulsive monsters. Just a fact. So I we gotta throw that out. Absolute nonsense. Uh, there's so much more grossness and disgusting uh, filth ha- everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, it's that's that's the standard. Now on that's the, the force. Standard. Okay. Now all right. <laughs> it's listen. It's the it's it's the 1850s. Like just a fact. Filthy. <laughs> yeah. Filthy time. No, I I. I'm just writing out. That's the standard. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, have you seen, like, photos from the 1930s? Nothing was clean until, like, 1954. Like... It's just <laughs> bleach was invented. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what was going on. But like, you know, we didn't. We didn't. No one apparently figured out soap until the 30s. So like, can't even talk about that. Um, now on the subject of forceful abduction and confinement, we're we're holding the Pontifi brothers on trial for this act. Um, where did this act come from? Uh, it's one in particular. I feel like we cannot charge the brothers as a whole. Uh, if you want to bring charges against Adam, uh, he masterminded this. He, he convinced his brothers to do this. I don't think we can charge the brothers as a whole. I think we need to throw this out because are they accomplices in this? Yes. 
But think about this. They are, they, these brothers have been alone, uh, far away from society. Uh, they've been fucking sheep for years. Um, and then their brother goes and abducts a woman, mar- convinces her to marry him for somehow, for whatever reason, um, and now is throwing this in their face and like is like, hey, what? What's the big deal? Just deal with it. Uh, keep fucking sheep. I, listen, he is manipulating his brothers. Uh, this is a master plan uh, from Adam and Millie so that they can uh, uh, form some uh, weird uh, uh, city to uh, um, create a, a real estate scheme. I think... I think uh, Adam is a monster. If you want to put him on trial, sure. But the brothers as a whole, they have been manipulated um, and is terrible. What also is terrible are the families of these women uh, that see them as property. That as soon as they think that they might have uh, might have had a child out of wedlock, hey, uh, we're going to have a shotgun wedding. You're going to marry these fools because you now no longer have, have value to me um, to sell you around as property. All these people are monsters. Absolute monsters. Uh, but the Ponybee brothers... Uh, for the most part, except for Adam, I listen. They are they are victims in this as well, and I think we need to drop these charges against them. Okay. All right, Claire. Okay. Well, Brad, I have to say I'm kind of shocked at um, the fact that you said that everywhere was dirty back then and everywhere was awful. Because mm-hmm. while we were discussing this documentary, you reacted in in absolute horror at the state of uh, the of the Pontipi's cabin oh, yes. um, compared to, to the other places you didn't comment on any of the other places you said and I quote it's a nightmare factory and it's like <laughs> something out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, um, absolutely you did not say this about any of the other locations oh, I, we also see I believe this documentary I believe this documentary I believe this documentary is a lie judge judge Order in the court. Thank oh, you. Sorry, Sammy. Uh, sorry, I scared my dog. <laughs> uh, Brad, you will have a chance to respond. Claire, please continue. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Um, I will say as well, if you say that this documentary is a lie, then you also don't have anything for your case because anything, your case could also be a lie. Then your case so we is have a to lie, too. <laughs> we have to go they by what is case. in this documentary. Out. Uh, judge, come on, Judge. <laughs> Okay, I uh, wait. I'm so confused. This is what happens when you guys talk over each other. <laughs> I don't I know what just I happened. I want to address the uh, the defense's points. Okay, so Brad commented about the brothers' place only and no one else's, mm-hmm. and uh, then you said that if he's lying, then his case is a lie. No, well, and if, then Brad if said, he throw says it that out. the documentary is a lie, if he says this documentary is a lie, oh, everything of okay. his. Uh, his defense he's also getting from this documentary so then also his defense is a lie so either we go by what we see in the documentary or we don't well if we, if we uh, just decide to throw this case out as a whole that's fine with me and my clients yeah I, I bet I bet <laughs> uh, so I, in terms of this cabin being apparently no dirtier than anywhere else we see other locations in this documentary we see the Elcott house which is actually really clean and really nice we do see places that are um, a bit dirtier. We see the tavern at the start where the men are eating and it is dirty but the men mm. are not eating with their hands and they are not stomping all over the table or living with chickens um, or you don't know covered, that. covered in filth. We don't know that but from what we see these um, these men, these Ponsby brothers, they are so dirty they don't even know how to take off their underwear because it's been so long since they took off their underwear to be oh, clean. God. So I maintain the fact that they are gross uh, gross monsters. Um, in terms of the other 
points of defense. Um, I do believe that all the brothers should be um, should be uh, be charged because they all did take part. The charge is forceful abduction and confinement. And while Adam was the mastermind, they all took part. They each went and kidnapped a woman, each of them, and 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 held them and confined them. Um, so I believe they're all as guilty as as each other. Um, and you mentioned as well that the families saw the families were monsters because they saw them as property, the women as property. But the Pontypi brothers did as well because that's why they they were going to kidnap a parson so they could forcefully get these women to marry him, marry them because once they're married, then they would be their property. They took them as their property. They kidnapped them and they treated them as property just as much. Um, and you also mentioned that what else were they supposed to do because they were alone and they were far away from society. I just need to point out, Judge, that we are in a pandemic and everyone's self-isolating and I'm alone and far away from society and have been for <laughs> three months, but I'm not going out and kidnapping someone <laughs> to keep me company. Uh, yet, maybe I'll get there. Um, you, don't, but... you don't have a brother uh, trying to convince you that it's a great idea, though, either, do you? No, my sister is, uh, my sister, I think, would like to see me get married and encourages me to date. But um, I, I am an adult and I do, uh, I have, you know, uh, agency of my own and I do what I want to do. And I believe that the brothers did and they, they wanted these women. So they went and kidnapped them as well. Um, All right. Thank you, Judge. Wow. Uh, Brad? Uh, first of all, these brothers, uh, they are held in complete isolation. There's no internet. Uh, there's no communication. The only person that's even going to the city <laughs> seems to be Adam. Like, they are left together just living in one giant room uh, like a fucking cult. And their cult leader is telling them, hey, you should just kidnap these women like uh, this book says. It says it looks like a great idea. Um, so, yeah, I, they are being manipulated. Um, so I, I think we have to have some sympathy towards that uh adam is uh adam adam is monstrous like i i think we should i think we need to break this this charge up bring charges against adam and drop the rest of the charges against the other brothers uh because no they're they are also victims in this they are victims of of being under adam's control adam is a monster adam leaves his wife for months so, so he can go live in like the 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 cabin uh, no he's terrible he learns he has a child and he's like ah no thanks not interested he is trash um now the idea that these other places are are so much cleaner and and less disgusting um i i know not buying it we see we see a, a couple of locations in this documentary but we're not seeing much again this documentary is made in the 50s a uh, hundred years after this fact i think there's clearly some uh, some creative uh, um, um stylings going on to make you not realize how filthy everything was in the 1850s because trust everything was absolutely disgusting in the 50s uh, how often did people bathe in the 1850s not very often um, so I think, again, I think this documentary is, is really just, it's trying to paint a picture here. Um, and I think we need to take that into account. Um, so 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Can't. Everything was filthy. It's just, it's an established fact. Everything was disgusting until the 1930s. Uh, so, and then only marginally. We really, people did not figure out how to wash their hands until a couple of months ago. May I point uh, out? Yeah, uh, yeah. There are still will, constant yeah. seeing signage to explain how to go about washing your hands because oh, people yeah. don't understand it. Uh, so the idea that, that, that um, there were people that were of, of, they were clean enough in the 1850s, not buying it. I don't buy it now. You're going to tell me in 2020 that there's anyone that's properly clean? I don't buy it. I think most people are disgusting, filthy monsters. So let's drop these charges. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and, um, unless you guys have a lot of other comments, we can go ahead and start wrapping it up with okay. with final thoughts, Claire. Um, yeah, so in uh, final thoughts, I would say that these brothers are gross monsters. Um, still, I will argue that. Objection. Um, the... Okay. Um, <laughs> that was I mean, the I, widest I, objection I, and also <laughs> approval of an objection <laughs> that we have had in this court. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to do you want to do your objection, I'm, or would you like to wait for your closing statement? No, I'm, I'm objecting you to calling my clients disgusting monsters. Yeah, well, they <laughs> are gross monsters. I think that um, I think that is clearly. <laughs> Um, unseemly conduct. I mean, we discussed this documentary in depth in which we we all agreed that they are gross monsters. Um, going through things. They they don't know how to get out of their underwear to clean it. They all sleep in the same room. They have sex with sheep. Uh, they have chickens in their house. They constantly fight. And they were considering naming a baby Hagar. Uh, gross monsters. <laughs> Uh, uh, and they all constantly gaslight uh, gaslight the women as well. Um, in terms of the charge of forceful abduction and confinement, um, they were all. It, it you know you can say oh well they I have sympathy for them because Adam manipulated them into doing it. They still did the crime. They did the crime. Maybe Adam has a slightly harsher sentence um, than the other brothers, but they all kidnapped these women. These women were just hanging out at home. Some of them were baking pies. Some of them were going to bed and they were just kidnapped with blankets thrown over them they had no idea who was kidnapping them they had no idea what was happening to them they were kidnapped they were taken to a place they didn't know and they were kept there for six months um in which time they wondered if they'd ever see their their brothers their fathers their family ever again and they thought that their brothers and fathers might also be dead from an avalanche which they also inadvertently caused by screaming so there's also guilt going on there as well um these brothers they're monsters they kidnapped these women they saw these women they wanted them um it's exactly what adam did they saw these women they wanted them and they took them brad uh i just want to again state uh 1850s uh everyone is a filthy disgusting monster um everything is gross nothing's clean we'll put um, everyone else in 1850 on on trial after this i uh, gladly gladly <laughs> Uh, we can join forces on that one and prosecute the entirety of humanity in the 1850s. Yeah. Uh, gladly. Including these people, so you think they should be prosecuted? Yes. In, in, in a mass trial where everyone's prosecuted equally, but we can't single these people out individually uh, because they are their crimes are far, far smaller um, than those of the time. We have to take the time into consideration. Of course, none of these actions would be permissible now. 
but in in the context of the 1850s, I think we have to we have to keep that in mind. On on the subject of the grossness, we've covered it. It's nonsense. Everything was disgusting. We we don't have metrics. We don't have metrics capable of uh, distinguishing what is and what is not gross uh, based on 1850s standards because it was all gross. Um, now, on the subject of the abduction, abduction, kidnapping, uh, again, I do think uh, we have to take into a point of view that uh, these women were, in the end, they were happy to marry these men. They were glad that this occurred. Um, were they, um, the idea that they were upset about uh, uh, their fathers and family and suitors possibly being killed in an avalanche? I don't know. I feel like they got over that pretty quickly. So, um, you know... <laughs> Maybe they were better Sorry. off. It's Who knows? Uh, huh? Well, it's the 1850s. Uh, all their <laughs> options were terrible. So, I, how much agency did they have in any scenario? I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. Uh, now, if you want to say Adam is, a, is an evil mastermind that uh, uh, convinced his brothers to do this, sure, I can be down with that. But the rest of the brothers, uh, no, they were be they were manipulated into this, and uh, it somehow worked out well for everyone in the end. And I think in that uh, case, the fact that everyone did get a happy ending in this, um, I think uh, we have to take that in consideration. All right. All right. Thank you both. Um, lots to consider. I mean, even though I only have two charges, which is, which is okay. Um, well, for now, and then after this, we'll be charging everyone from 1850 Oregon. Well, it's, it's like the last case where all of a sudden my docket <laughs> gets so full for the whole week. It's just, you know, I start with one case and then it goes to like 20 cases all of a sudden. But you know, right, right now it's just the the two charges so uh i'm gonna go to my chambers really think about this um and uh why don't you guys talk amongst yourselves and uh in the meantime all right uh hey brad how do you how do you think you did you know i think i think i did as good as one can be expected when you're defending uh, um dudes from the 1850s a time when slavery (laughs) was still legal so Fucking hell! I mean, I feel like I feel like these charges are like are like nothing compared to like all of that. So I think you know, I think the law is gonna be on my side on this one. All right, all right, uh, um, Claire. How, how's yeah, I think it, I did pretty well. I would I would happily put everyone, not just from 1850s Oregon. I'm thinking everyone in the world from the 1850s on trial. Um, I actually oh, I think that's I, what, yeah, I actually agree yeah. with the defense that like everyone should be on trial. Um, for maybe like I don't know pre pre 1970, <laughs> like maybe even nowadays. I don't know. I just want to put everyone on trial. Oh, there are definitely some I people. I just want oh, yeah. to put oh, everyone on, on trial. trial. Uh, is my aim. So I hope you're free for a while, Judge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to go have dinner with my family, but I guess that'll just have to be pushed off. More more important things still. Alright, guys, are you ready for the first? Everyone ready? Okay. So let's start with forceful abduction and confinement. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I have... If you guys wanted to see all my notes, you guys can. It's always on the last tab of our shared file. <laughs> but <laughs> as I type away the entire time you two are talking. Um, 
lot of notes that I had to go through. Uh, Defense, you you made a good point, you know, about Adam leading the charge, but I've got to agree with with the prosecution here (laughs) that um, self-isolation or or just being lonely or not engaging in society, you still have self-agency and you are responsible for your own actions and... The, the law is what it is, and, and I'm gonna follow the law, and they all abducted these women. It wasn't like they even left poor little Gideon home by himself <laughs> to not be involved in this. He also was, I don't even know if he's legally in age to be charged. He's not old enough but... to grow a beard, so he's very small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very small. But you know what? I'm, he was charged as this, and, and he also committed this crime, so... Um, that is a guilty verdict across the board for forceful abduction and confinement. Now, when it comes to gross <laughs> monsters, do I think the Pontiby brothers are gross monsters? Obviously, yes, I do. Um, I, uh, but I don't think the de- defense was also saying they were not gross monsters. So, uh, and, you know, I, I had to go back to my to my little chambers, my uh, judge's chambers, and did a little bit of research here. Um, The first toothbrush wasn't even patented until 1857. Mm. So nobody was brushing their teeth. Nobody. Uh, Besides that, I mean, people were (laughs) bathing-ish. They they were kind of bathing. Um, But soap uh, was not promoted for personal cleanliness right away in all areas um europe actually was ahead of america not shocking at all uh but usually saturday night was bath night for a lot of families so people were still only bathing once a week um which is clearly not enough uh especially if you're a laborer in any way and back in those times everyone did some kind of manual labor so God, just the smells of that time. <laughs> I just can't even. Like, you watch shows where they time travel and no one seems to care about the smell. Like, that's oh, yeah. not a part of the script that they're they're doing. I'm like, no, no, that's not. If you time travel back in time, a lot of things would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> and you just visually and smelling. So, <laughs> no bueno. Uh, so... For that, I have to agree, everyone was a gross monster, so defense, that's yours. Nice. That's, uh, <laughs> so it was a 50-50 deal with two two charges, so uh, thank you, thank you both. Congratulations, for defense. Really, just... Well, it's not, it's not the first time I've seen a lumberjack cry. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, that was the case of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. So next week... Seven Monsters. uh, Well... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next week, we are going to be covering the case of the podcast versus Miami Ninjas. It's a ninja case, guys. Yeah. We haven't done any ninja uh, crimes before. No. It's shocking because there's a lot, a lot of ninja crimes, especially in the '80s. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, we get to go back to the '80s. That's fun. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about ninjas. I mean, I don't 
I don't know if a lot of people know a lot about ninjas. Hopefully in our research we'll find some stuff out. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll learn things we never knew uh, happened with ninjas. So, uh, pretty excited. And, and uh, about each other. Oh, well, obviously about each other. That's, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> uh, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have a new house band with a new dimension in rock and roll. We have the one, the only, Dragon Sound! This band is the only family I had. They're all black belts in Taekwondo and they're pretty bad. I don't want you to mess it up by going out with a secondary musician like that John character. They came in here to play goddamn songs for kids! Do you want to tell us who, in that case, is the judge, defense, and prosecution? So next time on the podcast, as judge, me, Ooh. Ooh. prosecution, Tammy, <laughs> and Claire, you will be defense. Okay, interesting. Nice. All right, guys. Anything else for the case of the Ponope brothers? Claire, I know it was near to your heart. I love this documentary. So. <laughs> I don't condone their actions, <laughs> but I love this documentary. Nice. All right. Um, and that's that's creepy to say for for some true crime, <laughs> but okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. With that, we are out, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via true true crime at reactionary-sass.com. Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at true true crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947 and maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com. <laughs> <laughs>